everybody. Welcome to Important Not Important, science for people who give a shit, like you and me. My name is Quinn Emmett, and we have another special episode for you today. Uh, so many of you folks wrote in to say how much you loved uh, last week's Why Are You Vital to the Survival of the Species compilation. Uh, we thought we'd put together another fun one for you from the archives. It involves another one of our trademark questions, uh, usually posed towards the end once the guest is exhausted and, and broken. And that question is, when was the first time you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? Uh, and as we always get into, you know, that could mean uh, something when you stood up alone against evil for the first time, or better yet, when you found your people in a new community, uh, found a discipline you were excited about, a mission that drove you. Uh, you know, our guests are out there, as we always say, on the front lines of the future, fighting for a better world. And I just love uh, to find out how and why they got started. You know, what was the spark that lit that fire? So, same thing. We've done 122 conversations. Uh, so we put together a few of our favorite answers in this first collection with, with many more uh, to come. Some quick housekeeping before we get to their answers. As always, you can send us feedback on Twitter at importantnotimp. You can email us at questions at importantnotimportant.com. Spend all day responding to this stuff, and I just love it. Um, you can join so many other folks, uh, tens of thousands of, of, of CEOs and investors and activists and journalists and policymakers, uh, designers, writers, uh, at our free weekly newsletter uh, that's at importantnotimportant.com. It is the most important science news. It's analysis you won't get anywhere else and action steps once a week for free. Read it all in 10 minutes. Uh, super easy. Comes out on Fridays. Um, you can find a new impactful job with our guests on that front lines of the future at importantjobs.com. Uh, if you work for a company or an organization or a lab that's already doing that work, you can list your open roles there for super affordable rates and get them in front of our entire community. Um, Folks, if you're proud to be a shit giver, if you love being a part of this group, uh, you can check out our sustainable t-shirts and hoodies and stickers and coffee mugs and more uh, at our store at importantnotimportant.com slash store. And of course, uh, if you enjoy uh, these answers, go back and check out the full episodes uh, throughout uh, our, our tenure here from climate change to, to public health. You can learn so much from these folks. Um, I know I have, and I, I continue to every day. And of course, hit the subscribe button so you get all the new awesome stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, finally, uh, this week is brought to you by Alex's Lemonade Stand. Um, folks, it's almost September, which is crazy, uh, which means it's also almost Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And folks, whether you are a casual walker, uh, a baller cyclist or a running enthusiast, you can make a difference for kids with cancer next month during the ninth annual Million Mile. So what is that? Join Alex's Lemonade Stand, uh, the whole foundation, me, participants of all ages, as we try to log as many miles as possible and raise money to help kids with cancer uh, through Alex's groundbreaking research that they support and family support uh, for, for families kids with cancer for, for travel and hotels and whatever they need. So our goal is to collectively move millions of miles from September 1st through September 30th. Anybody can participate. It's free. It's super awesome. Invite your friends, your family, uh, those remote coworkers you've never actually seen in person. You don't know how tall they are. 
Invite them to join you. Help fight childhood cancer one mile at a time. And here's the deal. Uh, Co-executive director Jay Scott, my friend and nemesis, uh, has started a team and I'm on it. And I've already made a donation, but for every shit giver that actually joins the team and actually logs more total miles than me, after September 30th, when all is said and done, I'll donate an extra $500 for every shit giver that beats me. So I dare you. You can register. You can join us at millionmile.org. Or you can join our team at the link in the show notes, or you can find it in the newsletter, of course. Um, That's it. Let's go. When was the first time in your life you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? It sounds like about four years old for you, which is not not (laughs) fair. And you're 21 now, so that's just 17 years ago. Okay, so we got that. Yeah. Probably college. And I think a lot of us are discover that during college, right? When you can advocate for a position, one position or another. Uh, the most recent one is the one you spoke about, which is the Ebola outbreak. I think sometimes being a doctor in, in a resource rich world, you know you have an impact, but the system sometimes can get you down so much. And, and sort of volunteering during the Ebola outbreak made me realize like every little thing that I'm doing is helping. You know, it's, it's having an impact. And it was very sort of... Uh, it, 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 it made me realize I'm glad I went into this field. I, maybe, maybe I've always sort of felt like I had that power because, you know, I, I read a lot of, you know, fantasy books when I was a kid and, you know, those, there's always like the special child has, you know, has to find their powers and save the world. Um, and I guess like, I was like, yeah, of course, like someday, like a magic lion is going to come and and tell me that I'm the chosen one and and I'm going to save the world. And, and that hasn't happened yet for some reason, but you know, I, I, I do think that, um, you know, we, we all do have that power, you know, and maybe we don't wait for, you know, the magic messenger. We just do something about it. You know, I think uh, it may have been at, the, at some point in uh, my PhD when I was uh, working on uh, something unrelated to what I do now, which was uh, trying to solve the structure of a protein that our lab had designed uh, that had never been seen in nature before. So it was, you know, trying to make, uh, uh, you know, just completely from scratch uh, uh, and uh, used a, a process called X-ray crystallography. Uh, and I was sitting there like, you know, even nerdier than I am now, I think, uh, in a dark Impressive. room with, with 3D goggles. And for the first time when I saw that structure materialize on the screen, uh, it was it was close to a moment like, you know, I'm not sure I cried at that point, but I sort of maybe cried inside just to see like, Jesus Christ, this is super awesome. <laughs> we can do stuff of this type. Uh, and so that time, it was that point I was like, and I'm just really, really, really excited to be part of this. And so I think that was that was a jazzy moment. So. I think I was probably like eight years old, okay. eight or 10 years old. Um, I was really upset because Walmart was coming into our town and they were going to put their, you know, superstore like basically in this apple orchard that I thought was really pretty. And my mom was like, why don't you write a letter? And so I wrote a letter. I mean, <laughs> jumping ahead, Walmart went in anyway. <laughs> that I, I very distinctly remember that feeling of like, oh, wait, I can express my uh, displeasure and point of view on something that I don't think, you know, should happen or would have, you know, an impact on our community. So thank you, mom, for telling me that I could do that. Uh, there wasn't a moment. It was more of a, of a dawning realization. 
pretty much around the time of the Moon Hoax TV show that Fox put on TV when I debunked it uh, in a timely fashion, like the day after it went up. That's a whole story. <laughs> I started getting tons of email, hundreds and, and maybe even maybe even more than a thousand emails from people thanking me or arguing with me or whatever. And, and I mm-hmm. realized, you know, this thing that I'm just like hammering away on my keyboard in my underwear at home mm-hmm. actually is impacting people's lives. Right. And over the years, you know, it's easy to forget that because I'm still sitting at home in my, well, now I have my Captain America pajamas I wear. Yes, sure, sure. Uh, still having, it's it's good to be reminded every now and again. It's like I get email from people who say, I saw you on this or I, you know, I saw something you wrote and it really opened my eyes about, about this topic that I'm now thinking about and nothing makes me happier. Did that terrify you at all, knowing you had that power? No, because I'm awesome. Sure, <laughs> check, check. Yeah. <laughs> and, and happily, I'm always right. No, it, it's a it's a responsibility. It really is, uh, and I try I try to take it seriously. Sure. I mean, I I not 100 percent seriously. I still joke and snark and be sarcastic and, and all that, but it it's important. Yep. Yeah. It is. And of course, joking is part of that. If you go if you like go into my Instagram feed, it's almost never about science. It's mostly about my goats. Seventh grade for me. Okay. It was my social studies class, and I go to. I live in North Carolina, so it can be right. pretty conservative. Sure, um, I remember and, you like, talking about this, how much you love There was like this one overly homophobic kid in my class, and I would just <sighs> argue with him every day. Like it would. T- I don't even know why the teacher let it happen. Like it would take up like forty-five minutes of class time every day, like no oh. break. And like people, like they they wouldn't be homophobic, but they'd be like on the fence. And like by the end of like a few weeks, they'd be like, "Yeah, don't be homophobic." And like that's when I realized, Damn. like when you actively speak up for something, no matter how annoying you can be, like sure. it does Maybe that's influence better. people. And like that class went from like being, oh, um, I don't like mind gay people, just keep it away from me, but right. to like stop being homophobic. Like what's wrong with you? Like there was like a cultural shift. Like it may have been small, but like you could see the shift between people. And that was when I was like, fuck, like. People have power and they have influence. And that's when I was just like, that's incredible. What can I do? That is super cool to learn. You have that. Do you know what some of the do you remember in in, uh, your flashes of rage? What some of the arguments were that you used (laughs) to convince these people? uh, The thing about me, when I get mad, I just I don't like my mouth takes over. Like, I don't don't remember They'd be like, they'd be like, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I'd be like, I'd like, what? Like, that makes, I mean, like, that makes no sense. Like, what are you talking? Like, I would just go off like that. But then I'd like, I'd talk about the Bible because that's what they, I go to like a country school. They'd be like, Leviticus, I'm like, Leviticus also mentions you can't eat selfish. You can't eat shrimp. You can't have ripped jeans. You can't have more than one type of cloth. Like, 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 what are you doing? Like, like you have committed like 17 different sins from the same passage that you're critiquing someone else. Like, like what? That's what I would do. That's awesome. Sounds like it's what you have done. I love it, man. Would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that thing. All right, lady, it's your turn, Emily. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, mine was more fairly recent. So, sophomore year, I think it was sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Um, my high school has a pretty strict dress code, which I really don't mind. I've never violated it, but it was so sexist towards girls. It was just like. The boys just had like two things on the list and then the girls list of things that they couldn't wear was just super long. And I remember it was summer school. I had, I took an art class Mm -hmm. in the summer 
And I just had the most amazing teacher and she wanted us to do a project where we spoke about something like a social justice change. And we just chose to talk about our dress code because it was within the school. And we thought maybe if we do something really kick ass that they'll pay attention and they'll change it. And so what we did was we got these huge pieces of paper and we wrote down a huge list of everything that was on the girls dress code. And then we wrote the guys list on a separate sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And so the list was just humongous for girls. And then the guys list was really short. And we hung it up in the front of the school and we weren't allowed to. So eventually um, our principal came out and he was like, what are you guys doing? You guys aren't allowed to do this. You guys don't like, they didn't give you permission. But there were so many people standing outside just like watching like what was going down because there was like a huge crowd of kids just, um, and I remember we all wore tank tops that day because it's against dress code, assume, but we yeah, were kind of just standing up against it. Sure. And I remember he, we asked him, we were like, why is it so sexist? Like, why is it so primarily like geared towards girls? And he was like, well, I will admit like a lot of it is outdated. And then we were like, well, if it's outdated, then why do you still have yeah, it on there? And so I remember eventually he let us schedule a meeting with like the school board. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just each gave a little speech where we were like, we don't understand why it is what it is. Like, there's no reason for us not be able to wear shirt, like tank tops. They're right. not distracting anyone, right? And right. so after that, they changed it. And I remember that was the first time that I really was like, whoa, they actually listened. And I think that was a big moment for me. But I will say, even in DC, which was in July, it was mm-hmm. like a month ago, um, marching with everyone and just chanting, I think that was really, that really opened my eyes too, to like, whoa, we can actually do something. I was a big sister, so I <laughs> used to do lots of experiments on my brother. <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've always taken the approach that, you know, not to accept the status quo. And when I see a problem, I try to fix it. And that's why I ran for Congress and it's why I I founded 314 Action. So um, I I think that we need to realize that we all can make a contribution and it's not going to be in the same way for everybody, but, but it does require paying attention and participating. It's hard to say because I feel like I I had the benefit of uh, being steeped in people who profoundly thought that they were change agents even before I worked at NASA. So Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, being reminded of having um, a unique power to communicate to people and to and the power that design and communication can have, I think, was Mm -hmm. a, a big effect on me. Certainly, I think it's something that honestly, I I kind of feel like I experience it every day for the first time. And and that's kind of cheesy, but it's true because I think um, now that I'm 10 years in and and have, you know, this whole portfolio of projects and everything behind me, I think honestly, every day I'm sort of still getting that little twinge of, I don't know, just um, excitement and also disbelief of the effect that I am capable of having. Mm -hmm. And it's both um, heartwarming and also, you know, uh, scary from the standpoint of, you know, when you realize that you can have change, you also realize 
uh, how much you can mess things up for other people if you're not careful. Um, you're and- basically Captain Marvel. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, with, 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 you know, with change making comes responsibility. And sure. um, it's that thing where I think, um, yeah, every day I'm kind of surprised at the effect that I can have. Um, and uh, that that makes me want to be that much more conscious about being um, thoughtful and, and careful about uh, the decisions that I make, because I, I don't think uh, you can really truly be a change maker and not um, not have that second consideration that comes with it of the responsibility that that has. So certainly I think year on year, um, I feel I have that like first feeling of like, wow, I'm able to do that. And I <laughs> didn't think that was possible. So it, I would say in a way it's been lifelong, but certainly that that going back to that thing that I was saying about doing good work and getting it out there, it's that getting it out there part that I think really has a profound effect. People are doing amazing work everywhere and not everyone gets to hear those stories and not everyone gets to um, sort of feel the impact of it um, because it doesn't get out there. And so, uh, so I think really doing things publicly in small or, or big ways um, is a way to really make change because um, I'm tired of us having to have movies like Hidden Figures come out that, you know, educate us about all these amazing things that happen years right. later. Right. Uh, wow. I, th- I think that might have been, that might have been college actually when I, when I started studying environmental science and I sort of made the connection between my personal actions and what's happening in, you know, South America and Africa and Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that we like to think that we're detached from a lot of things, but we're all very connected. And yeah, I mean, I didn't know until college that food production had such a big impact on the environment. And when I found that out, I was like, wow, how did I not know this? And it's kind of like one of the things that I want to communicate to others in in the best way that I can, in the most empathetic way that I can, that we can all make a change to, you know, the way that we consume and ultimately how we affect the planet. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at importantnotimp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Important Not Important, Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us, you know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. (laughs) And you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jamming music, to all of you for listening, and finally, most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. <laughs>